Here we go, spring of 2021. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big bucks where they are. Welcome to the Tenity Outdoors Podcast. This is episode 100. In this episode, Jed and Weston and I go into what makes a tree stand location a killer spot. Um, We also discuss some of our worst memories um, in the woods hunting some mature whitetails. And we obviously make a lot of fun of Weston and Jed shares some interesting stories along with us talking about uh, watching bucks fight and just a lot of things. So um, before we get started though, I think the important thing with tree stand location is access. So we talk about it in this podcast, but I wanna just hammer this point home. Um, you know, it's, I'm glad this is episode 100. I appreciate everyone who's been listening and everyone who continues to listen even in the off season. Um, we obviously wouldn't have 100 episodes if people weren't listening, so we appreciate you guys and you are the reason we do it. Obviously, we enjoy getting together and discussing stuff anyways, but having people who listen and and give us feedback and ask us questions makes it all worth it. So I really do appreciate it. Um, But I, if you've listened to these podcasts at all, you know how important um, I talk about access. So, um, you know, that's the first thing that I think of when I think about a spot, you know, obviously you want the beautiful inside corner, the, the change in terrain in the hillside, uh, a pinch point of some sort because there's vegetation change and there's a transition in, in there's multiple transitions meeting at one spot or, or uh, a tree that just placed in the perfect location where you can get up high and, and get your scent shot down over a hill above any type of deer movement. Um, before you can get to all that, you have to lock down the access and access counts when you come in and it counts when you go out. So if you're hunting in the afternoons, like we talk about in this spot, um, you've got to be able to get in without being seen by bedded deer. Um, and then at night you have to get out without running into feeding deer and it's opposite in the mornings. You know, that's the most simplistic way of going about it. Obviously, you want to nail down different locations that deer uh, seem to be, you know, feeding in, um, you know, different places that deer are bedding in. You want to nail those spots down first. Um, but once you have that figured out, being able to access out of sight, out of scent of those bedding areas, okay, and I, I do think there's, you know, there's, there's there's three big ones. Can they see you? Can they smell you? Can they hear you? Okay, see and smell, you're done. You are absolutely done. Um, hear, if they, if they can't attach what they hear to the other two by either seeing or smelling, I think you have a shot. So when, and how does that come into play? You know, maybe you're, you're, you have a stand that's tight to a bedding area, but you're good with winning, you're good with visually accessing the stand. There, there's a chance that a deer could hear you. How, how would we even know, you know? Um, you make a little noise, 
it sucks. You want to be as quiet, you, quiet as you possibly can, but there is a lot of noises that happen in the woods during the day. Um, deer are used to it. You know, if you're in a location where deer are used to vehicles and people and human stuff, um, just mimic your surroundings. Okay. If, if you're used to, if, if, if you're hunting a place close to a road and they're used to vehicle traffic, don't worry about driving along it. Um, but just consider the types of noises and just not allowing them to see you and smell you um, attached to a noise. So the spot that I discuss in here, um, we'll get into it, but it kind of ends up being a perfect location. There isn't always these types of spots. So if you don't have a perfect spot, don't blow up an area. Sometimes you have to give in a little bit. You have, there's give and take with hunting. There's very rarely a perfect spot where you have perfect access in, perfect wind consent control while you're on the stand, um, maybe perfect cover in the tree. Just all these things, it's impossible to truly get that perfect stand. So in this stand location, I, uh, I have good access, I believe. I have good uh, scent control, but there are a couple situations where I'm, I'm blowing that scent down over a hill um, and there's, you know, there's a spot in there where if they do get downwind of me, especially at night when thermals are dropping, we could get in trouble. But I'm, but I try to facilitate all the movement out in front of me in places that I don't expect the wind to be blowing while I'm hunting in that spot or the thermals to be falling or rising when I hunt that spot. Okay. So, um, other than that, you know, you, you obviously always want to look for the, the obvious spots. Um, you know, this spot that we talk about is a is an east-facing slope that runs into a south-facing, so we're on, a rate, we're on a point of some sort where a hillside changes, um, and then the field beat, meets up to that with an inside corner to the field, which is a pretty common setup in this type of terrain in, in the agricultural um, type of um, uh, areas that a lot of you guys hunt in. So a lot of times these, and then a lot of times these spots are there. So, you know, finding them on the map, then actually getting in and, and finding that tree and then finding those trails and how those trails are converging. And, you know, in this situation, there's a, a small little ditch you wouldn't really even notice from a, a topo map or a, uh, or an aerial map. And there's a bunch of down trees in it that cause a, a, a pinch point above them and probably a pinch point below them. And then there's a vertical trail that's running perpendicular to the parallel trails, which, you know, we talk about that a lot. There's always going to be parallel trails to the terrain, but then there's, you know, so a lot of times there is these perpendicular, tr perpendicular trails. So setting off that perpendicular trail and kind of catching that movement, making sure you have the shooting lanes put in, making sure that scent isn't going to be in that location. Um, and then, you know, nailing down your, your out access. So all these things are something to think about once again, we talk about a lot of this stuff in the podcast, but as you know, if you listen to us, we kind of ramble and get into different things. So I just wanted to kind of give you a highlight of the the tactics and, and what I'm thinking about when I'm setting up a stand. So as most of you know, um, if you need any real estate help, make sure to get a hold of me, Taylor at newdirectionsre.com or shoot me a text or call at 608-606-9118. You can also visit driftlessregionland.com. Um, what I'm seeing in the real estate market this week is we're starting to get some inventory back, um, but it's still a seller's market. So if you have property, you're thinking about buying another property or 
you're thinking about unloading a property, this is a good time to do so. If you're looking to buy a property, um, there's still some good deals out there for you. If any of these things are you're interested in, make sure to get a hold of me because then we can start the process and I can actually put you on my radar of, of what you're looking for. You know, if you're on the buyer side, make sure you have some of your financing in order. Figure out what you can even afford and what you're what you can qualify for. That's kind of the first step because um, it is it's a it's a race to the finish here. Anytime anytime we have properties that are available that are in a in a good price range and there's still some that are in good fair price ranges. Um, as far as the overall prices in this region, you know, we've seen a little bit of an increase in the last six months, but I do think that's leveling off and it seems to be um, ticking back more and more to normal. Uh, obviously, the ag and recreational land doesn't feel the, the craziness of the residential side as much as, uh, you know, so when you hear people talking about how crazy the market is, a lot of that's coming from the residential side where you have um, a lot of different perfect scenarios happening to cause this big seller's market and, and kind of a um, chaotic and anxiety-driven market. So uh, the farms and, and timber and, and recreational pieces aren't quite in that realm. Um, they're a little bit more consistent. And that's kind of how land is, you know. Land doesn't, <clears throat> land didn't even take a downturn much back in 08. So um, land is a consistent investment asset, um, like we've talked about in previous podcasts. And if you're considering getting into that investment class, um, reach out and we can try to help you out. So, all right. Enjoy episode 100. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember the ladder started getting back? And you oh, that's <laughs> right. And you, like, grabbed onto it quick? Yeah, that was a near, near tree stand death experience. Have you had any tree stand death experiences? No, actually. I've sat in a couple sketchy ones. How about you, Jeb? No, nothing. <clears throat> nothing legitimate to even mm. to mention? I've never I'm like a fucking cat, though. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah but, but that also cat. makes you take more risks. That, like, yeah. You yeah, could, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Pretty freewheeling when it comes to uh, anything. Putting myself in harm. Yeah, well, yeah but like, it's not really any... because you truly do have like the control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not just out there. Well, I don't know. Most people would say that, like, I have a death wish. Yeah, Jake but, like, Gennar for sure. When I watch you climb up a tree, like, there's never a second where it's like, oh, you feel like you're out of oh, balance. No. Or, even mm-hmm. if you got off right. balance, you just would be it back on balance. Yeah. <laughs> well, all I know is if there's any sort of sketchiness to any sort of situation, it's and it, if it's just Taylor and I. Like, we <laughs> we set that, set that one last year. And yeah. we're like, oh, we should adjust that. And Taylor goes, we'll just have Jed come and do that. <laughs> yeah. He's like the closer. Yeah. We got it up there, but, like, you yeah. don't really want to climb up there and, like, strap it. Cause... Yeah, he's the closer. Same thing with the box blinds. Like, well, we could get the roof right now, but I'll just wait for Jed. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, those aerial lifts? Yeah. They, you know, telescope out and swing around and whatnot. Right. What? I said right. Yeah. So, apparently, like, to a normal human, you're not supposed to, like, put one foot on one side of that basket and throw your leg up over the other side yeah when and, like, i use it they have, like serious uh rules alerted yeah. right on that basket yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't read those okay <laughs> because they don't they do not apply to me and twice this summer i have had to do that with uh i will say aerial lift rookies in the basket with me and they just can't wrap their mind around it they're like what are you doing i'm like shut up it's, it's one fine. of those things like i i don't like I would not, I don't question you doing those things. No, sure. 
at all. Like I don't. Well, I've been, seen you even I've been feel questioned twice in the last month about it, and right. I I feel personally attacked. The only thing that would be unfortunate is if like you died or something about like. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal, and this is what I tell the safety director at work. It's like, all right, here's the deal, pal. No matter what your job title is, you don't care more about my safety than I do. Yeah. You are not more qualified to tell me what is dangerous for me than I am. So fuck off. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're aware of what's going on. Yeah. You're like, yeah. But I, then. Like, I don't actually have a death wish. I don't. Yeah, want I, to die. and that's what I'm saying. I would agree with that because, like, well, when all I he's watch trying you to do, do something, you're you're just like you, you don't feel uncomfortable doing it. Is cover the company's ass, obviously. Well, yeah, but okay. If but maybe he likes it. If, maybe well, he cares about he your safety. Probably doesn't. But like, <laughs> sounds like when, maybe from the conversations you've had, he probably doesn't. When he, yeah, he shouldn't. <laughs> Whether he does or not, I don't know. But I will say he should not. Um. <laughs> Like, the first time he, like, tried to, to like, frame it as, like, hey, oh, you know, blah, 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 really, that's dangerous, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, you need to go home in one piece. And I'm like, dude, you don't care more about my safety than I do. Like, if you want to frame it as, like, hey, man, this could cost our company money, well, that's fine. That is your job. Right. But don't pretend that you care about me more than I care about me. Because <laughs> guess what? You don't. All right. So you have some pent up anger about work or what? <laughs> Just people telling me what to do, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what generally happens. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> well, there's a severe need for uh, carpenter tradesmen out in the public, private companies, handymen, stuff like that. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Maybe if you don't like the fact But then you would be dealing with a lot of people. Yeah. yeah I, don't, deal I don't do that. You would have to You're deal dealing with all with, You people. have one boss. Yeah, I have, like, I have like three people Whereas I have like, to deal yeah, with. Yeah, that is the one thing. If you go out and do something like that, you, you're a slave to whoever brings you into their house pretty much. Mm-hmm. Hard pass. Yeah. I don't blame you there. I don't blame you one bit. This is episode 100. Here it is. 100. Oh, wow. Big deal, man. How do you feel about that, Weston? Seems like just yesterday we started. I got a funny story to tell. Oh, okay. well, let's hear it. Hopefully I giggle. <laughs> you will. So I met Weston's father-in-law this weekend, last weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a better person than Weston. <laughs> well, he he told me that, uh, that he was... Weston Larson's father-in-law, and I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, I have this issue with Weston where he keeps coming over to my house at night, and he's crying, and he says he can't sleep without me. No, no, that's not <laughs> what happened. What happened was I was like, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're kind of mean to Weston sometimes. Sometimes I feel a little bad about it, you know. And uh, You do? No, I don't. I was just trying to be nice <laughs> oh, to the guy. Well, it would been awkward if he had listened, and he's like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so, you need to be nicer. Like, what? So I said that, and he goes, oh, yeah, he needs that, though. He goes, he's kind of a pussy. He needs to get toughened up. Like, I can't believe he lets my daughter run his life like she does. Oh! <laughs> you are kidding me. I actually am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that did not happen. That conversation did happen. <laughs> Damn it. He did tell me that he was his father-in-law, and I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, I wasn't sure if you, you know, like, Drew the parallels. I'm like, oh, I absolutely did not. I had no clue. It's been nice to meet you, man. Hey, and then he showed handles me. your business. Yeah, and then too. he showed me where my lift was. And did you get a skid loader too? No, 
Mark brought that. Nice. Yeah. How do you haul it? With a trailer. Oh, you got a good trailer. Yeah. Then. then we put all the big logs on there and hauled them back back to his house, and he got all the firewood out of her. But, yeah, well, what was the deal with that? Why would you cut that tree down? Well, I was dying. I was dying, getting rotten in places, and I was just getting sick of picking up shit out of the yard all the time. There was a couple branches that were leaning over the road, and I'm like, yeah, the last thing I needed somebody knocking on my door saying, hey, your tree limb just fell on my car. <laughs> was there any finagling that had to take place to put that thing down safely, or did you... Yeah, oh, yeah, there was... Uh, like, How many people were involved? Well, it was me and Dalton, and then uh, Mark on, on Saturday came, and Dalton was there, too, for a while. So it was like one guy in the lift holding on to stuff while another guy cut, and then the stuff that you cut off, you just threw down. Does Dalton do that kind of stuff for a living? No. He's scared of lifts. He did not like it. So then why was he helping? I don't know. Good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. He was just both hands on the, the, like, (laughs) rim of the basket, just white-knuckled the whole time. Oh, like, so was he one of the ones that was like, "This isn't safe." Yeah, when I like when I <laughs> don't tell me how to lift my leg. Yeah, when I had to straddle the the basket <laughs> to get out to cut a piece, he was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Shut up! This is child's play. Don't worry about it." <laughs> Did you have your harness on? No, <laughs> no. Your your father-in-law offered me <laughs> harness. He's like, oh, "I I know the answer to this, but do you need a harness or two? And I'm like, uh, "No." He's like, oh, "Didn't think so." Yeah. Gotta ask. He wouldn't be one to use one either. Yeah. Me, I would use one. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't remember really if I used one. I was on that thing last year. Big tree fall hard. Yeah. By yourself? Yeah, I was gonna say things ain't rated for two guys. If you <laughs> no, know no, and it was sketchy as is. It was sketchy as is. What is the weight limit on one of those? I don't know. Probably like five hundred. I don't even know if it's that. I, the ones that we sketchy. the ones that we got at work like have two different functions, and like you're supposed to select one for how much weight is in the basket because one one setting will go out farther than the other. So obviously, no matter what, you pick the option A. Yeah, like light, light one. Give me max reach with this bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you you'll be fine if you feel pretty comfortable up in those situations. Well, here's the deal: so ideally, you don't fall to your death, but there. They don't. They don't allow you to do things that will tip them over. Like the only time that you can like actually get injured is if the arm broke. Well, yeah, like some weird That's catastrophic event, off. or while you're driving the thing. Right. Like you get tossed out and run over by the machine. Oh, so you had a self-driving one? Mm-hmm. The one I used was a trailer. Sure. Yeah, with those things, you can't fuck up. Yeah, you put those giant... Uh, outriggers down? Yeah. yeah. See, this one had outriggers like that, but, like, you could fold them up and then drive the thing. So, I, it, like, it was like a hybrid between the type that, like... Because, you, obviously, you can't drive it while it's extended. Yeah. Where the other, you know, like, the whole self-supporting ones you can. But that would be nice. That is a nice feature to have. I cut some trees down in the woods this, this weekend as well. Did you? Yeah. I. Uh, you had a lot less cleanup <coughs> than I had then. That's the type of tree cutting I like. Oh, the cleaning up's the worst. Yeah. Oh, dude. Brutal. Took me two days. Ugh. Oh, God. I was like, I'm going to get this all done on trunk Saturday. too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 
well, that and I took two trees down because I was like, well, fuck it, I got to live doing this other one <laughs> too. Do another one. Yeah. Sick of picking up these branches that fall out of this tree too. Fuck so you got it. any trees that in your backyard? That sun just now? beat oh, down yeah. the backyard now, or what? A little bit more than it was, but like, not bad because. You like have to the, cut your grass twice a week. No, oh God, no, no, <laughs> fuck that. Uh, the like the big uh, walnuts are still there, and the other maple tree. Nah, it's not like it'll be a little different. The shade situation will be, but like neither one of them had like a terrible amount of leafy structure to it. How big is that walnut? It's big, but it's like not. There's no straight parts to it. Like it's mm. not going to be a good money maker. I'm just going to probably let the next dude deal with it. Yeah, it'd be nice if you had an extra like three to five thousand. Oh, dude, I know. I've been looking at that, but I just don't <laughs> see it coming out of that tree. Dang, that's too bad. I know. Yeah, that have more than paid for the lift, you know. Yeah. So, um, while I was cutting shooting lanes or cutting trails this weekend on this stand location. I had considered a couple different concepts that I'm working through. The stand is, what do you guys do? We just talk mouth to each other. I'll be back. (laughs) The stand is on like a a point that wraps like a south-facing hillside over to an east-facing hillside, and there's like a... Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Explain it back to me. Stan sits on a point that wraps from a east-facing hillside to a south-facing yeah. hillside. So it goes yeah, like so. Yeah, so the Stan like this. location oh, to a point. is right on the field edge because naturally there's uh, down trees down that point. So there's like <clears throat> mid hill, there's a bunch of trees down. And it just like pinches everything up to 20 yards inside the, right the inside field the edge. Line. Yeah. So there's the main, like obviously, like point of movement. And then the field's about 20 yards off that. And then you have. Which so there's a big trail that comes and works up and down the hill, vertical to the hill, which would be like perpendicular to like you know the, the hillside and then most of the other movement lines. Right. So there's all these parallel movement lines to the hillside, and there's a straight up and down pet trail. Unfortunately, that's the trail I got put in to come and go from the stand, like from the previous people. Because there was a box blind in that spot, but it's, we're not actually going to put a stand in there. Um, and I think that's my exit route. So battling the scenario, because this spot works out really nice because I can come in high on a ridge, walk through a field, say an afternoon, like afternoon sit is what I'm picturing this spot in my head right now, like October. Yep. I can go out across the hillside. And I have a spot where I'm trying to let the field grow up with taller stuff. Plus, there'll be some corn out there to give me some structure. But I'm going to slip down this, um, like it's like a little indent. It's not, I wouldn't even call it, I wouldn't call it a ditch, but it's just a little indent in the hillside. So, 
the spot is really like if you if you want so like if you picture the point kind of being like like curving like if you look at your knuckles and obviously the point you look at your center knuckle how it like bends out and like so let's picture that as like the point mm-hmm. the stand is like if you were to like roll over that point and like just go back down it a little bit that's like where the stand location is because that like ridge system runs up through the field and I take that like it's like a lower like depression spot in the field but it runs down to that same spot okay and in the woods it's like a it's kind of like a half it's a kind of like a ditch like that's why the trees seem to have fallen in there because they're a little ditch it's not like a normal like a like gully a, yeah but it's not Maybe. like a washout gully but it's okay. So trees have fallen in there, collected in it. And it's sitting on the one side of it. Yeah, it's like a bunch of things that come together, and it's a great spot because the access in is good. And the access out, I have a road to my back below me so I can bail out the bottom. But the problem is I go down that trail that I'm talking about, which the deer are obviously using a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, my, uh, it's my exit. So I'm hoping that the deer, you know, theoretically, the deer get up and past you into the field. Because I'm setting all the food up so you would, right there. Like, I'm, right. That, like so that's what they're going to be feeding. Because so, I'm catching all the field. You would exit down and then yeah. towards to the bottom. So in the woods, so I, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have a, a giant population of, um, what's the invasive I'm thinking of? Buckthorn. Buckthorn. So the field edges are grown up with this like big line of buckthorn, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, it's actually kind of like, comes in handy because it's it makes a screen for you. <clears throat> um, and then inside inside the field edge where the stand would be is more buckthorn. So you have like really good coverage coming in. Cause there's deer that bed in like on that point, obviously, but they're like down the hill 40 yards and in order for them to see you, it's just like really isn't even possible because the hill drops off fast enough and they're on like that second shelf. So then I saw beds like in around where the stand was <clears throat> and I dropped all the, the, um, buckthorn below the stand in the woods, kind of like hinge cut it in a way, but like dropped it all on those beds. So like I purposely dropped it on beds. So don't bed here. Yeah, don't bet here. Bedding. Okay. So inside the woods is like a V. I made like a V essentially. Okay. At the point of that V is the main parallel trail that runs across the hillside. Which coming is off the main vertical trail. How far from the stand? Twenty location? yards. And the main vertical trail is twenty yards. Okay. So I'm set off back. So right where those to two the side meet is where the V. Yes. Okay. So like I'm picked a spot that's 20 yards from the ver- where vertical and parallel meet. Where like the, so like, I'm 20 yards from the vertical spot on the field edge, where the vertical spot in the parallel lines meets probably 35 yards. But, so I'm like catching them in different spots. Right. Right. So then the parallel line once they get below the stand is 20 yards. Okay. So if they're taking like, and then there's another parallel trail just below that at like 30. And that crosses. But everything pinches up to that vertical trail at like 25, 35 yards. Okay. 
and then I blocked. I cut. So like the V, <clears throat> I it, I think it comes in handy for a couple of things. I think you try to prevent a ton of crossing below you because with that stand, I'm going to be blowing my wind down over that hill. And yes, ideally you have enough wind where you're going to be blowing and it's, it's going to get out over. Stay high. And earlier in the afternoon, you definitely will. But if you had a calm thermal suck at night, That's gonna suck right those down. two trails are going to bust you bad. But it's, it's like, well... I'm not going to have the wind blowing out into the field either. Right. The other option I've considered is running it right down the field line. Because, like, the trails are happening below me, and they're coming from bedding areas, and you'd be cutting it really close, but they're not coming out to the field, I don't think, until, like, right around that point, right around where all those trails converge is really the most where like a deer comes out into the actual field but because the buckthorn along the field edge actually makes kind of a barrier for them too they, they aren't just bursting through it right you gotta cut cut a few lanes for them to get out of there yeah or try to not let them get out of there at that certain too. spots yeah. it would actually be more beneficial yeah but i think the wind play is is sending it out over so the V is kind of like where I consider the best place for the wind to go because it's going to be the least amount of trails that are there. But there still is a trail. Like I, There is one opening that they can get through in that spot. And if they're going to get through it, they're going to get whacked if they're going to get shot. A doe is going to – I mean, I consider two blocking them all and then like stopping all movement up high like that. And maybe that's the better thing, where you just send all movement low there and you're just taking the field and that vertical trail. But that buckthorn, I mean, you definitely, I mean, you lay it down, it's like a, it's like a fence. Right. You, they're they're going to stop moving. So then, yeah, that's thick. I mean. So it gets laid, laid completely down on each other, and it sits tall enough to when you're at the base of the tree, you can't see anything below you. So you can't see those trails until you're up in the stand. So it's at a good height where it's actually covering your ground movement when you get into your stand, too. Right. But it just comes down, I don't know, it, it, a lot of things I've been thinking about, too, lately is when you actually are climbing up into your stand or, like, in your stand, like, what can see you? But I think the most important for sure is that entrance. Well, getting into it, yeah. Yeah, you, gotta get, you have to location. get to that tree. If you can get to that tree and have an alert in anything, even if you're within sight of something in the tree, like at the highest point, like if you just move slowly and carefully, like they're not going to get you. Right. I feel like it's when they they can watch you coming in for a ways. You're just screwed. Well, they just, yeah, watch you stroll yeah. down. And then I climb, I go in there and watch you climb up the tree. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting spot. It's, it's, uh, just a classic inside corner of a field, outside bend of a hillside, point. You got a vertical trail coming right up the point because somebody put it there. Plus, I just cleared it out more because that'll be my exit. And it's going to suck, but I think you just got to wear rubber boots and just, I mean, the world is not a perfect place. I don't think you can get in and get out completely safe at all times. And I take into account way more in the act of doing it than, 
Like, there's people who are like, well, you walk out a trail and a deer comes by within an hour. They know you've been there. They know when you were there. It's like, well, sure. Like, it's going to happen. Like, they're going to – you're hunt if you're hunting, they're going to – like, it's an, that, that's an aggressive set. It turned into kind of an aggressive set earlier in the year because I know you have to go in there and I have to back out probably, the, you know, the backside. But I suppose if something's in the field – like – if the field is cleared and you can sneak out, you probably can go high, but you're taking more risk to actually fully bump something. Right. But it'll be interesting to see too, because something with this cat, with these cattle, is that a UTV is driving around here every morning and every night mainly. I wonder how accustomed they're going to be to that. Probably more you accustomed doing to you, you walking, I mean, or anybody just walking in. Yeah, or walking out through a field with That's deer right, in it, yeah. you're screwed. That's what I mean. You've been doing it in the dark? Not in the dark. You gotta get up early and do it. Trick them. I haven't really seen that many deer either. I don't see them in the mornings when I'm driving around. I, I saw him for like three weeks, two or three weeks, like everywhere. Just after the fawns dropped, and now I haven't, yeah. haven't been seeing much. They're going to blow up again here. Insane. End of July, early August, the Bucks finish out their rack, and they just want to show off for cameras. Getting in there. I don't, that, like, that's almost that's one of my philosophies, or that's one of my theories, is that they finish growing their rack. And then they actually like they're like uh, that camera's over there. I'm gonna go show off for it because I know this guy isn't coming I'm in here for a month. I'm never gonna show up until November third. Boy, am I gonna disagree hard with that. Have you seen the pictures I've gotten in the previous years in, in August? <laughs> yeah, they're insane. They don't see cameras and recognize them as cameras. Mm. Um, well, they recognize them as something. They, uh, th- I think they accept them. For whatever reason, in August, because they're sitting there looking at them. Dude, okay. they're not doing that. Okay, I'm I joined. I joined the uh, the Selcam tribe. Yeah, yeah. I fucking hate it. Yeah, it's addicting. Every morning, that's what I do. Yep. What, what was here last night? Let oh, me tell it's you. it's a drug. Let me, tell, let me tell you, a lot of close up deer pictures, sniffing the fucker. <laughs> Classic time. That's what I'm saying. Like, like just, they don't like care just, about it right now. Like, just get whiskers of the deer. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a deer. I see it's whiskers. Can't tell what the fuck it is. But, yeah, they get very deer. spooked of them come, like, end of October. Well, I mean, something, you know. Their life changes. They're, they're in different modes right now. I mean, they... Which is crazy that they change that much, but they really do because... They do. They're do, they're gonna do things in the next month that, and they probably do it all year, like most of the year. But they just don't have giant racks in their head. Cause like velvet's like your last time, where you see them with giant racks in their head and like they're doing dumb stuff, until the rut. But I mean, even working as a cop, you'd see as much big buck activity, big buck sightings in august as you did in the rot like not maybe not as much but like it's the only thing that resembles it throughout a year well, and, the, and the cameras like i'd say i if someone's like 
put a gun under my head and they're like, when is the best time to get like mature buck pictures that are like nice looking? August. August. For sure. Best time to go best time to go shine in. August. God, I haven't been in that game for years. (laughs) I mean you can't beat the rut shining. Well, yeah. Yeah, but last year though, before season started and I was taking advantage of going out before light, I was seeing slammers. Well, I'm just saying if the amount of end of buck, August, the amount of bucks you can see in the nighttime hours because they're in their bachelor groups, just yeah. feeding at night in the fields. Yeah, the bachelor groups. So it's like, I mean, I've seen the majority shining wise. Did I ever tell you about the fight that I witnessed while shining one time? No. Well, I guess it was wasn't technically shining, but basically, uh. We were actually going to track a buck that my uncle shot. And, of course, my uncle had a little Nissan truck. Um, and there was, like, four or five of us. I think there was four of us. And we weren't fitting four in the cab of that little thing. So two of us were in the bed riding over there. And we had a couple, like, of them, uh, like, cordless spotlights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as we were driving through this bean field on the way to go start this track, I just happened to, I was like, well, gotta, you know. There's two bucks, there's three bucks in total. Two of them are just going at it. And they were both nice. And the biggest buck of them all was just standing there staring at them. Just like hovering over them. Just like, okay, am I going to take on the winner here? Or what's what's the scoop? And so like I see them and I like smack the truck cab to get, the driver's attention like hey stop we got to watch this and uh yeah we watch them go at it for like probably 45 seconds to a minute oh there's a minute. Minute. oh God, jesus no. christ no, that's insane. probably left honestly right <laughs> after about like two minutes i'm like all right i'm bored of this shit but no like the two the like the two bucks fighting didn't notice us at first and they were only like 100 yards away maybe like no more Probably in that like seventy-five to hundred yard range, and uh, the like the slammer, like I'm gonna say he was probably a booner that was watching, like looked at us and was just like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'm not fighting these guys. Peace out." So he left, and the the mother two just went at it for like another, you know, I don't know, thirty-five, forty seconds, something like that, and then they both like took a step away from each other, looked at us. And they were like, wait, mm, nope, something's wrong here. Don't like and that. just, like, turned around and meandered away. Probably took up their fight again. I don't think I've ever witnessed, like, a legitimate, like, hardcore fight between two giant bucks. That's the only one that I've ever seen. I've heard other ones. I've, I saw crazy stuff when I was a cop, like, at night during a run. Just see giant bucks just standing on the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I watched a buck one time completely gore a doe. She's on the road. Thing couldn't barely walk. It was like goring it. it was I saw that from brutal, a tree stand one time. Brutal. It was awesome. Didn't even know the doe was there. One of my biggest regrets in my entire life is that we never laid eyes on that fight that we heard. Mm-hmm. Because it sounded insane. It was great. Oh my god, that fight was nuts. That was November first, wasn't it? Because that was. I think the it was thirty first. I thought I shot mine on the 31st, and that was the no, morning after. No, no, no. I think it was the 28th. I think you shot yours on the 27th, actually. 
With your longbow? Yeah. It was last weekend in October. Well, that was a Monday. It was a Monday mm-hmm. that that fight happened. You killed on Sunday. Yep. I think it was the 29th. So then it would have been the 30th that we heard it. I'll just go back to looking at my pictures. What year? It was a few. 19 or 18? Probably 18. Sunday would have been 27. No, yeah. 28th. What was uh, the next year? 19. Well, just give me a second. I'm going to find the picture. Would have been the 27. I, for some reason, I think it was 27. That's probably because I looked at the footage. And it has a timestamp on it. Uh, October 28th, 2018. 28th. Was the day it got, the picture got posted? No, that was the day that... Oh, that was actually your phone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 28th, then. So, 29th, that was. Good night. That was a good night. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, yeah, gotta go. The old split G2 buck. Taught everyone at this table a lesson. Didn't he, Weston? Yeah. Took you into a different world, didn't he? What was the date of that? That was... November, f- November so 3rd. Psalm the 28th, 29th. Psalm Halloween. Was that, that, was that that same year? Yeah. Yeah. 18. Huh. Psalm Halloween. November 2nd. No, I think it was, I want to say it was the 4th for some reason, because then I saw him again fourth. like the 7th or 8th. 4th, if you're right. We saw the that <clears throat> wide 8, way down in the bottom. Mm-hmm. So then Taylor was showing me pictures. Keep going. And all we've told the story out here before. But yeah, but maybe someone hasn't listened to it because what you so, did to me that morning, you okay. should be persecuted for. Well, first off, yeah. Getting to this stand was terrible. Let me start that story with this. <laughs> supposed to be here at, I don't know, say 5. I don't remember what time it was at the time. 4.30. I think he was I wildly in. late. I 15 minutes late. That's wild. That is wildly late. Especially, mm-hmm. like, we're rut hunting. We have to hang a stand, too, by the mm-hmm. way. If anything, you better be fucking 15 minutes early. You were wildly late. Yeah, I, re- I recall. And then he proceeded I wanna to say lose it was the more camera. Than 15, I want to say it was more than 15 <laughs> no. minutes. Because I want to say I was ready to leave, and he hadn't even left his fucking house yet. And I was like, dude, come on. The All right, fine. But I was the over. The zipper of the backpack. And the time, like my timing, I was de- we were definitely like, I mean, we were going to be in the tree for like a half hour in the dark, which, hey, you need to, you need to do with that. Yeah, we Especially gonna, on a hang. We were going to be good. Half so hours, like, minimum on We're heading – well, the existing stands is just cameraman hang. Sure. But still, that's still, a lot of noise. It's an unfortunate thing. So then we get in. We're heading out there on that stupid red four-wheeler I had. He's right on the back. Lost the camera. Your camera. Yeah. Your video camera. Fell out of the back. Uh, it was like, look, you're the cameraman. It's your responsibility. You lost it. Yeah. Well, I look at the bag. I also had a tree stand. And like a bunch of other shit on it. Yeah, it's and all. It's wow, part of hands the, full. It's part of the fucking. You guys, hell, you guys fucking dude. know when we go hunting, I'm the pack mule. No, Everybody knows no. that. You, I'm driving the four wheeler. I'm carrying my bow too. I'm pretty sure whatever I was doing. No, what do you want me to do? On the front. What do you want me to do? I'm just saying. I had a lot of things. Yeah. And we get, so whatever we get to, we get to the spot, and I go. I look at the bag, and, then and it's I, not and good. It's open, and there's no camera. So I'm like, go down in the woods and get the fucking stand hung. 
And I'd start driving back, and it's like a hot, warm morning. It's like wet and muddy. I get all the way back to the car. I don't see it. I'm like, great. Just a fantastic scenario here. So I'm like thinking, I'm like, this will be fun. I'm going to fucking pay Jed for this camera. And we're driving. I'm driving back. I had given up. And I see it on like a downslope out in the field. Just laying there. Just chilling. And the alpha, alpha. I just did drove by it like on the downslope and didn't, the headlights never hit it. On the way back, I caught it. And that, and I was like, whatever. So I see lights though up in the field where I dropped Weston off. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What the hell? I get up there, he's standing in the same spot. I'm like, what no. are you doing up here? I went and I put this tree yeah. stand down there and then I came back like, up. What are you doing up well, here? I was going to help look for the camera. She goes, I'm looking for the camera. I'm like, what the fuck are you? What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? No, you didn't even, no, you didn't do that because you just said, are you fucking serious? And then you didn't talk to me for a while. <laughs> Probably the first two hours. So the stand gets hung. We're in there. Honestly, it's we're fine we're still time wise. Like you're plenty of time in, but the amount of noise I got made was just atrocious. And I hadn't talked to him all morning. <laughs> Sun had come up. No interview done. Nothing. And uh, hadn't seen, hadn't he seen, heard any sign of a deer. Yeah. So we and were, a big buck runs through a bottom. And so that ta- that changed Taylor's yeah mood. And I had just, checked, so I I pulled the card in that spot on my way in, and I had checked it, and I didn't even talk to him about it. <laughs> but I knew I was like, Jesus Christ, we might be in a good spot here. Yeah, and I just because there had been a bunch of bucks on camera. No idea. Then finally, after we did saw not that, share it with him. After we saw that, so we saw it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's that big eight that I had on that I had on camera here. So I'm like, all right, like. <laughs> Hey man, like I think I I think I'd seen that deer, and, and I'm like, oh really? Started like, showing you know? him. And you're uh, like, well, come here, so like come here. And like and right as we're doing it, I'm like, I should probably like keep an eye on like behind us here and fucking things standing there. Okay. Like thirty yards. Taylor. Staring at Taylor him, is staring first at us. off. Yeah, Taylor stands up and turns around and is like turned around in the stand. He's like handing me stuff. We're like talking. I'm like looking like this, and Taylor must have like looked down. I think you looked down to like. Grab something behind you and like looked up, and I'm just like like this. No, in my head I'm like I've been look we've been looking at the when, screen. When too Weston much. says I'm like this, he's holding a oh, phantom yeah. like trail camera hold yeah. or tr- card yeah. checker Looker. in yeah. his hands, playing on it. Yeah, looking through these pictures. Like no, something in my head Game I was like Boy. we've been looking at this too long, and I look back and there right, he was right in front of me to my standing left, standing there, just like what are these guys doing? Oh God. That's a big what if scenario there, because it wasn't it wasn't wind it wasn't scent it was strictly he's just was sauce yep. in the tree. Well, why what like why did he come over there? Well, I don't know. Maybe he got the. Yeah, we we I think I grunted at that buck and like did Didn't, something. That that work. that buck was grunting, I believe if I remember correctly. But he had been in that spot on Halloween. Yes. At the exact time yeah, that he like came through that day. Ten thirty. Uh, yeah, I think it was like noon. I think it was like eleven on Halloween. I think it was ten when we were there because I think Ten-ten. daylight savings had happened. Something like that. Maybe it was nine. Something like that. Mid mid morning. Mid morning. Then that bigger that other buck ran through like only you know twenty minutes before, so yeah, it was just a mid morning type deal. 
Oh. And he just biggest buck I've ever seen in person. Oh, he was just like, massive while hunting. Sure, and he's twenty five yards, yeah. right right on the spot he's supposed to be. Yep, right on the fucking walking trail. I mean, some trail. people call it a logging, logging road, trail. but whatever. Logging road. And uh, he took off and gave us a good running away look. And boy, do they look fucking huge. And boy, man. did uh, oh. Wes, did Wesson get any footage? No. Why? Because he was too mesmerized. <laughs> so, like, you see him, so initially you just stop and don't move. Right. Especially when he's pinned. When yeah. you're pinned. Yeah. And then it's just like a, nah, fuck this, I'm leaving. And he goes, and I'm just watching. And Taylor goes, get the camera. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Forgot. Whoops. He's over the hill already. I was like, no one's That's gonna the same no one's exact gonna believe we feeling. saw him. That's the same exact feeling as when you uh, lose and like if you ever lost a sport like wrestling or even a team sport where you like you knew you shouldn't have lost. Well, yeah, because it was at like the end. You're like, oh my, because I it's like, just lost. Like that was the thing. Like, was, Jed probably has an experience similar to that. Well, the, <laughs> couple. The thing was, it's like we did it right. We were in the right spot. We just. Didn't close. Taylor got too happy. Yeah, that's a lot of it. Just imagine you've just been mad that's at me for like one more hour. Too is you got to close, because everything can be in place. But if you can't pull your shit together in the moment, right? Especially when an animal is like high alert and stuff. Obviously, it's way different. You know, you got a running buck that's running through blind. You know, that's what you want to dream of. He well, yeah. not running through, but like he wasn't yeah, like just being like dumb. Yeah, like he just, he wasn't no dumb. He was like well, that's why he's big, right? Yeah, he was doing his midday stroll. Yeah, he's coming. To it check, wasn't like out of control. Check over here because that's what bucks do back there. Is like they do a midday stroll early, and right. when they get out of control and stupid, they must go somewhere else. <laughs> like the big ones. That was yeah. That was that was happened. How you right like. Just how you draw it up. And, oh, it was uh, perfect. But and, and like that whole that deer was perfect. He was just shot by the neighbor. I mean, I was just on, but like I was on him. Like he was, we were. He was doing what he was supposed to do. Right. Like, like we were in that spot that morning because of him. Because like an off thought. You, kill, you killed one that year in the same spot, correct? No, the next no. year. Following you. No, and that wasn't. The, that was a different spot. No, Jet. We were on. We were on like the far end of the farm. The because time I'd, we heard the fight, you're talking. Yeah, because yeah. I had seen, oh. yeah. I'd seen action in between where Jed killed and then where we were, and like I think they're. And now I, I'm pretty certain that they there's a lot of betting that happens in between there, and you're kind of like it's like a toss up. Well, you thought the two. <coughs> I remember you points because you can't. You can't hunt right over them where they're betting because you're just like. I remember you saying they betted right around that. The water source there. Yeah. They bet all along in there. I mean, yeah. In that area. <clears throat> and there's no way to, to hunt them close to that bedding. Because you have such severe ditches that you lose all your scent down in them. And they bed there with that. So you have to hunt them off these sides. But the sides really are like, I mean, we're talking like 200 yards away. Where you're just picking a spot that isn't that you know that is there isn't bedding happening right on top of you. Plus, you know, those gathering spots. Yeah, the key, I, th- I think 
it's just so important to get in on those spots. If you can get it, and it's, it's really probably property specific, but if you can get in those spots where it's like in between movement like that. The thing I struggle with on that farm all the time is like I'm, I'm at both ends of the spectrum of movement because the middle movement is hard to get in on because that's just the way that farm sets up. Like everything's just diving into these ditches and like you can't, well, and you can't get out on any of the ends of the points. Well, I mean, that yeah, yeah, that one was like, it's a severe, like, spine out to a point that just drops off. Correct, and you can't get out to the tip of the spine. Right. Yeah, and they walk, they'll work. Well, you said usually they work it. Of them. Yeah, usually they worked it, like, mid-hill. Yeah, that's a good spot. But for some so reason. So the spot that I killed the next year, that's a good spot. That spot you can yeah. get in on them. Yeah. For some reason, that buck was way at the bottom, though. Which... Well, we're talking about two different spots now. Okay, so the spot that you're talking about, that spot sucks. I've I don't hunt it anymore. Because where we were, we're on a we're on a point, we're on a ridge system, and there's betting that happens out the end of that point, and there's betting off the sides of that. Right. And you would think it would be a really good spot. And it is a good spot, possibly. In a scenario like that, maybe. But the only tree to get a stand in is mid hill, like down. And so the, the part of the problem was where he was, and he busted us. And we're fucking eye level, eye with, level him. with him, and it was terrible. Yeah. I knew it was terrible, but there, that was like the only was tree to put a goddamn option. stand in. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's movement happening below us that you could get a shot at. Plus, they come over that saddle, which is like a ten yard chip shot. Yeah, um, it's a good spot. Well, that's what we were hoping that the eight- plus, if you get the right wind, you can send it all over into that open bottom, and you're you're golden. golden. You're golden. Yeah. But you have to get in there. Right. Getting in there, I don't think I, I really fully ever understood before. Like, because you, you, I'd have pictures in that spot every day. And then you, go, you, and, there. you go and hunt it, and you're not seeing those deer. Like, the deer that we've seen there are deer that he was, I mean, he, he was coming from a ways away, that buck that morning. Midday stroller like that, he was betting somewhere else. And if he was doing anything like we had seen him the week before doing, you know, he was coming from... He was just coming, like, he would come back in these mornings, I think, and he'd find a first bed, but he would be on his feet midday, like, before light, you know, before, like, after it got light, he'd be on his feet for a little bit, but I think he'd find a bed, I think it was the bed, you know, off Sugar Camp, that big point, because he was always heading back that way, or coming from that, so we got him early in the morning on the opposite side of the farm, which is on the edge of his range, He's spending most of his time betting in the middle. That's how we got him early in the morning. He's heading there. And then all of the movement later where we were, where you and I were, mm-hmm. would be mid-morning. So he'd go somewhere and bet in that in those ridges. But then he would have a, he would do something mid-morning. And he'd do something early morning. It's a bad spot. I mean, just for that reasoning that a lot of movement's going to be coming right at your face. And I just don't think you can win that battle. Like, I, just, I don't see how you can win it. Unless you have a gun. Yeah, it's a good gun stand. <laughs> really good gun stand. So I now I elect to go back. I back out of there, hunt that pond. Yeah. And it's a good pinch. So anything that's coming high has to go through there, which they do. And I've definitely seen a lot more bucks now that I've been hunting that. Just need the right one to make a make the – Make the trek through there. I mean, I thought it was happening last year. I saw fucking nine bucks that one morning mm-hmm. there. 
And if that would have been if we'd have been at the other stand, I don't think you'd have had a fun time because they because they just run that high ridge, they run that high road. That stand is not set up well for that spot. I don't give a, the idea of it was to be able to shoot to that road, but it, like logistically, it's just not gonna work. Like we'd probably get busted from deer doing that thing that that buck did nine out of ten times in that stand. Honestly, it's like the least good. It's like the worst situation for that stand. Mm-hmm. But it's it's probably one of the most likely. Right. So you have abandonment. I think the stand. And somebody was killing a bunch of deer out of it, gun season. So, so it's a good one. It's good for the gun. Well, it's great for the gun. I killed. Uh, had a really good opening morning there a few years ago, two doe and a nice buck. All before like eight thirty. It's a great spot. That's a fun morning. Yeah. Tons of snow. Heavy snow morning where the woods was like covered. You couldn't see. Remember that one? Yeah. All right, episode 100. You guys, uh, anything else to say? Not surprised we made it. I'm a little surprised. Are you? Bucks yeah. are... Uh, you thought we would give up before we got to 100? No, I just figured it'd take us longer. Huh. Been just knocking, knocking souls out the last year. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah. Absolutely. You were saying now, Bucks are what? Bucks are. I think you're going to win the NBA Finals. They're up. They're down two oh. one right now. But oh, those Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's related. an aggressive statement. I'm confident. <clears throat> well, you win. You win on Wednesday, then it's a different story. But you watched that game last night. I did. They will win. K-Man's got to figure it out. Getting close. I think one of these next episodes are probably gonna be about uh, fall food plots and stuff because I'm getting, I'm starting to look at seed and gonna go buy it and start probably throwing some of it. Got the pigs out on this warm season stuff. That's gonna be cool season. Uh, plantings coming up once they get through and do their thing. I want to talk about these mornings we've been having? Oh, weather's been great. <laughs> you don't like them? No, I love them. Yeah. But I f- like I'm I'm a superstitious guy in the way oh. that I think if you talk about it, they will end. Oh, okay. Great job, Weston. Fucking idiot. Oh, flies that really bad in here? Dude, I've, I've killed at least seven of them. And I have, I think, seven of them crawling on me right now. <laughs> They're disgusting. All right. Episode 100. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks, guys.